Hi, welcome to A Hot Take, a podcast where we feature new and trending authors. My name is Jenna Green. I'm a YA fantasy author, author of the Imagine series and the Reborn Mark series. With me is Miranda O, a contemporary chiclet author, author of the Chin Up Tits Out series. And she has the privilege and honor of introducing our guest for today. Hi, Miranda. Hello, hello. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today. And in the theme of October, we're talking a little spooky, spooky, spooky. Um, we have Rachel Tomeo. Tomeo. You say Tomeo. I say Tomeo. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> side note, tangent. <laughs> she is a former 911 emergency operator and police dispatcher. Now, after 12 years in those dark depths, she's gained a unique insight and perspective to mental illness, human behavior, and the general darkness of humanity. So spooky season, we are going to dive right into that. Now, you like to weave all of this in her into the books. And now she has titles such as Break My Bones, Once Upon a Kiss, and Carnal Knowledge. So welcome, Rachel. We are so thrilled to have you and, and chit-chat with you today. I'm, I'm really glad to be back on here today. I'm excited. <clears throat> we are too. Now, um, it's been a while since we have spoken. And, and before we kind of get into your writing, I want to talk a little bit about kind of what makes Rachel, Rachel. So tell us a little bit about where you're from and what about your non-writing skills, interests, hobbies, side careers, all that stuff. Um, I am from the Texas Gulf Coast. I have lived here in the Houston area pretty much my entire life. Um, I have two kids. Uh, I, uh, my four-year-old and I was, yes, I'm 44 years old and I have a four-year-old child. So I did that. And <laughs> um, we had fertility issues for a long time. Uh, so we got a little bit of a late start. Uh, my husband and I, um, uh, I, I was a 911 operator for a long time. Um, I, I did struggle with the idea of getting out of it, but um, I worked um, the Santa Fe school shooting, uh, not directly, but my SWAT team was in there. Um, so that disturbed me a lot, even though I did not take those 911 calls, they called in to our police department that uh, uh, Santa Fe had called another police department because they were handling their calls because they were overwhelmed. Obviously at the time they called us and asked us to dispatch their SWAT team. And I took that call from that police department and asked us, they had an active shooter in a school. And quite honestly, I was speechless. Mm -hmm. uh, I never thought I would get that call. I uh, I was stunned. Um, and I took that call and I dispatched our SWAT team into that situation. Um, that call, uh, I had to get out after that. It took me some time, a little while after the, the of 
deciding what was the best situation for me, but I have kids and everything and realizing the, how much trouble I was having with the idea of putting my kids in school, I realized I need to get out Yeah, for my own mental health. So I got yeah. out of it and now I dispatch for a private company. There's nothing to do with law enforcement. Um, I work well under pressure, obviously. <laughs> um, I do read a lot. Uh, I do audiobooks though, because I write, I read, I work, I have two kids. I'm, I'm constantly running around. So I do do audiobooks and I do review all the books that I read. I put them on my blog on my website. So if anybody wants to know what I'm reading and what I think of it, it's there. Um, but basically just a mom, you know, hanging out. Doing your thing. Um, mm -hmm. Now yeah, you have obviously led an interesting life. Like if we've ever, if you've ever watched any of those movies where you see the 911 dispatcher deal with a call mm -hmm. on the other end, there's a couple of movies that are out there. I'm sure that has been your reality more than one or two situations. Um, it, how has that influenced your writing career? Like for me, I absolutely love writing from my experiences and sharing that from a personal point of view. Jenna writes fantasy, so she takes her experiences and spins them off with magic and, and creates an entire different world, but themes those life experiences into and, and weaves them into her characters and her storylines. How has your life experience and career experience in, interjected into your writing? It definitely did. Um, at first, when I first started writing, I did start in romance because I was trying to develop my voice, you know, but now that I know what I'm doing and I'm way more comfortable in that darker thriller area and I can weave that stuff into it. Um, the, uh, basically the knowledge of the effect trauma has on people and the fact that everybody reacts differently mm -hmm. everybody i mean you cannot predict how something is going to affect you um you can't um and i have stories uh from dispatch that have inspired the books that I've written or the stories within the stories, you know, mm -hmm, sort of mm -hmm. I twist them around and, you know, um, things like that. Um, the, the things I know about mental illness and uh, there's no box that any of it fits in, you know, the, especially things like mental illness and, you know, you can't fit it in a box. You can't, it, it's just shapeless. It can go in so many different directions. Right. Um, knowing all that I can, make characters that are more realistic and i think people can relate to it mm -hmm. yeah very much the only thing that mental illness relates when it comes to a box is pandora's box because when you open right. it a bunch yes. of stuff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right but it's interesting like i i like mm -hmm. your perspective of 
knowing or, or learning about mental illness and, and, and experiencing it from, from the other end and, and how it, it shapes your characters. I've definitely done that myself, but again, that was my own experience with mental illness and being on the receiving end of a phone call in somebody's worst moments um, and, and being able to take that and articulate it and create characters from it. Do you feel like it has helped you heal from any of the trauma you experienced? Like, like when I say trauma, I, I envision that job being stressful and it has potentially a high burnout rate because you mm -hmm. are going through some people's trauma right there with them from the time it happens to right. the time it stops happening and whatever that end piece is. Right. So I right. can imagine that there's some, some mental discombobulation that happens to the dispatcher mm -hmm. as well. So recreating these stories in your own way, twisting them, turning them, has that been a healing tool for you over the time of writing? I honestly think yes, it has. My daughter's knocking on the door. Sorry. Go see dad, Shane. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're three moms here. Right. Um, it has. It has. Um, sometimes I don't even realize I'm doing it. Um, but, and like right now, honestly, I've had writer's block and I couldn't figure out why. And I realized why. And it was because of a situation similar to this. And I don't want to go into a lot of detail because it's a current work in progress. But I realized it and I'm like, Ugh. it's like tough sometimes. And you realize it's a thing that you really need to get past. It's yeah. therapeutic to work through it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's a way to memorialize some of it. And also, I want to say, too, that people that work closely in any kind of law enforcement field have a tendency to want to uh, put the police law enforcement um, procedural stuff in the spotlight. You know, that is what they want to shine everything on. And I've never wanted to do that. And don't get me wrong, there's police in a lot of my books. There's, you know, crimes happening and, you know, problems being solved and stuff. Sometimes the police are good and sometimes they're not. But um, um, in in my books, too. Um, but um, I never wanted the police or the procedure to be the story. I wanted right. the people, the right. issue, the thing they're dealing with to be the story. Um there's that too. That, that human side of things you're, you're writing, yeah. you're not necessarily writing a crime detective mm -hmm. book. You're writing something that's dark and from the person, the, the victim or the perpetrator's point of view, not necessarily like, I like that because at the end of the day, it's, I feel like it couldn't be more relatable. Not everybody can put their, their mind into a cop's boots or into a law right. enforcement's, you know, point of view, but mm -hmm. everybody can kind of put themselves into the shoes of, of a victim or somebody going through something dark or mm -hmm. traumatic because everybody's gone through something mm -hmm. dark and traumatic. Right. Right. 
and yeah, everybody's been through something and that, um, that also that old, that everybody's got the line, everybody's got the button, mm -hmm. you know, that'll push you just too far, just you know, far. that thing too, the good people that are made not to be such good people sometimes, you know, because of that kind of stuff too. And you see that in other, I've seen that in like Stephen King does that sometimes in his books, you know, which I'm kind of hung up on him right now. I've been reading some of his stuff. He does that in some of his, the characters that are not really good, but not really bad, you know, because people aren't really good, but aren't really bad. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, you're not, most people aren't. We're you know, all the, devil, the gray you know? area. Exactly. You're not really the devil, you know, but you're definitely not an angel, you know, so it, it's, you know, a thinker, you know, when you read. Well, everything's a um, perspective. You know, relatable. Yeah, yes. there's a lot of perspective mm -hmm. in it. Like, I could have a fight with my husband, and from my point of view, I'm the protagonist. From his point of view, I'm the antagonist. From my daughter's point of view, we're both silly Billy buttheads. Um, <laughs> right. And you know, mm -hmm. Grant, you know, the person walking outside has their perspective, mm -hmm. and yeah. and so there's all those perspectives. And then, just as Miranda was saying before, I write fantasy, and yeah, I've never seen a dragon, but I know what fear is. And, you know, I can write that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so exactly. that's, that's what literature is. Right. And I was reading about something like that. It's like it was this, something Steve, I think it was this Stephen King had said, because I was reading through how he dealt with writer's block. And it was something I'd stumbled upon. He's like, he didn't know how to, know, have to go out and physically kill somebody to know how it went. You know, right. it's, it's just. Yeah, the feelings are the to. feelings, right? Like, You're hoping he didn't have to go out. <laughs> he's written exactly. a lot of books. Thanks They're, for confirming right. that, Sir Stephen. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, he got the high body count. It really helped me pass my writer's block. It really got me out of it. So he saved me because I've never had writer's block like that. You, and when Thanks. you do, it's terrible. I always liken it when I, I always liken to feelings like the feeling, let's go mm -hmm. back to the feeling of fear. You know, fear, mm -hmm. it, when you strip away the scenario, whatever, mm -hmm. fear manifests as, a, as, as physical feelings inside of us, right? Our body tenses mm -hmm. up, the hair on the back of our neck stands up, our That's heart rate wet, increases, our, yep. right? Like all this stuff. So if you can identify the physical attributes of fear, then you just mm -hmm. you write that into the circumstance, into the scene. You don't necessarily have to be chased with somebody mm -hmm. with a machete through a jungle in the middle right. of the night. Or we'll have somebody live in the attic and, you know, spy on you, you know, but if you implement all of that, like I'm, when you explain that to people that aren't writers or creators, they think about it for a minute and then, then the little light bulb goes off. I'm like, that's why you relate. That's why when you watch a movie or you read a book, the hair stands up on the back of your neck. You you start to quicken your pace of reading because you're like, oh my God, I'm so scared, but I can't stop because I need this scene to end. And it's it, that just means you're doing a good job as, as a creator and as a writer. And I feel like all those stories that you've put out there definitely are those page turners because you've been in the shoe of the people on the other line in fear. And, and yeah. you help them get through there. So that's giving you this 
fly on the wall kind of perspective of all these really heavy feelings over the years of being a dispatcher. When I was um, once, I was, I never forgot this. It stuck with me and I, it kind of helps when you're creating a, a character that's afraid too. Um, they said, because they were teaching us about mental illness and how to treat people on the phone with mental illness. It was, it was for police and for um, dispatch because uh, police, both police and um, dispatchers have to be taught and certified to deal with the mentally ill. Um, they told us never, never treat them like whatever it is that they're afraid of, whatever delusion it is that they have that's making them so scared isn't real. Because to them, it is real. Yep. That thing to them, whatever it is, is as real as you are. Yep. And that always stuck with me. If Even if it is some something that is imaginary to them, it's it real. is as real as anything in the world. Mm-hmm. And that, that thought kind of helps you create that fear, you know. It's not just a thought in their head. It is real. It is a and they're scared either thing. way. Yeah, right. right? You know, and even not even just for the mentally ill, but for any bird, anyone that's afraid. You know, if you mm-hmm. think of it like that, when you're trying to create something that's frightening or you know tense. Oh, for sure, for sure. It it it's definitely what. I have. However, you feel is mm-hmm. it's like if you feel. Uh, insecure about your body. Let's use that one. I'm a yeah. mom of seven months old. I'm insecure about my body. It. I feel how I feel about it. It doesn't matter how many people tell me, well, you look great. Well, thank you. But I feel the same. I feel the way I feel this, about yeah. it. Right. And I feel different exactly. yeah. than great. So it is, it kind of, it doesn't necessarily just sit in the realm of mentally ill. It fits in the realm of just humanity, mm-hmm. right? Whatever we feel right. is real but it's our perspective. Right? When I've done conflict resolution stuff, I've never been any dispatch or anything, but they say really focus on your feelings because no one can argue with your feelings. Like if you say this situation made like they can argue, well, that's not how it happened or that. But if you say I am frustrated, they can't say, no, you're not because your feelings are your feelings and yeah. they have to be like, all right, you must feel frustrated. Now, whether the things that led up to that you know, perception mm-hmm. and, and, and things weigh into that, but you can't argue with someone's feelings. If they feel frustrated, they're frustrated. If they're sad, they're sad. If they're mad, they're mad. And you can't say, no, you're not. Right. <laughs> That's what you're going and that you to do. There's certain personality types that will try and argue with your feelings and tell you how you're supposed to feel. And those, that comes into a different, you know, the whole controlling different there's a whole <laughs> other thing. It's a whole different thing. That's a good. Um, that's a good time for us to just yeah. tangent away from that one. We'll we talk about it for forty-five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah, I've written those stories too. Speaking of, you know, the definition well, of a narcissist and crazy love, and <laughs> let's talk um, about some of the stuff you've been doing recently. What's your most recent release? The one that actually had just come out is Carnal Knowledge. It, that is the second book in the um, Deadly Sin series, The Sin of Lust. But when you when I say lust, I don't mean like, you know, let's get it on lust. I mean, 
like a lust, like an unsatisfiable desire, which can be for a lot of things. And it's about, um, basically it's about a woman who's being stalked by a serial killer. So she knows she's being stalked by a serial killer and just all the things that happen to her is she struggles to, um, struggles through this. Um, it has a very surprise ending. Um, I'm probably one of the best endings I, I have done to date. Um, a surprise ending. Um, that one's out now. It came out, um, I want to say last July. And then I have mine, which was just announced. Publication was just announced. That one is on pre-order now. That is book three in the Deadly Sin series, The Sin of Greed. That one is going to be published in February of uh, 2022. Like I said, it's on pre-order now. Um, that is basically, it's a real twisty, turny, it's, that book was so complicated to write. I don't even know how to begin to tell you what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it's seriously when, when the, when the blurb or the bet, the description on the back on the Amazon says, you don't know what's happening until the very end of the book. It's really true. It, it's just so it, things turn in it so many times that in the end, you're going to be like, I'm going to have to go back because it's <laughs> I like it's that really you were like, I don't know how to describe it. There's a meme about that. It's like uh, publisher, author, we need a blurb for the back of the book. And the writer's like, what? I can't do that. You wrote the book. Yeah, I didn't know there'd be a quiz. I love exactly. that. Meme. <laughs> Makes you laugh. I'm like, I didn't know there'd be a quiz on it. I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. So the series starts, which book does this? So what's the first book in the series? Break My Bones. You can read them in any order. They're not in any order. They're standalone. Each one is its own story. But the first one that came out was Break My Bones, which was the sin of anger. And then did you, did you pick, like, I mean, they don't have to be read in that particular order, but... Was anger like the one you wanted to tackle first or and was um, lust the one you wanted to tackle second? Or was it just this story came first and this story came second? It's just the story that came to me, honestly. Um, Break My Bones is a spinoff. Well, not really a spinoff, but um, the character in Break My Bones actually occurred in one of my romance novels. Two of them, a couple of them did. Um, Interesting. Re, the, yeah, that's a little nugget that not a lot of people might know. Um, they do now. Uh, they mm -hmm. The main character in um, Break My Bones, who's a domestic violence victim, who's pulled herself back together, recovered from uh, running away from her husband and been homeless and so forth, trying to get away from him. Um, pulled herself back together, has a job now and everything. She is in the very tail end of Reach for Me. Excuse me. Um, as a person that is rescued off the streets by the two main characters in that book. They run into her because she has a child with her. 
and she's she's kind of just hanging out on the streets and they stop and like this girl has a child with her they start talking to her a little bit and they they help her basically it's just a scene in the end of the book um that's just like a little easter egg kind of thing you know that somebody might not pick up it's the same character it's it's interesting that as a writer you get to do that that you can add those little nuggets and things yeah and it all kind of happens in the same area in the same city so i was able to have some of the characters pop up from that series you know in there um because that was my very first series the friend zone romance series and um uh so you know and I, when i wrote that book when i had her on the when I had her rescued off the street, I was like, I really want to tell her story. You know, this woman who was, was rescued off the street with this child, you know, I want to tell her story. I, when I was writing that, I, I knew I wanted to, but I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. And I did. That happens a lot with writing. I'm like, I got to get from point A to point C. Oh no, a point yeah. B is, but if I just keep writing, yeah. and it, it usually does, but yeah, it's always yeah. like, and if she had a, I don't really know that. She had a story. Was it fun um, taking those seven habits and just, not seven habits, seven deadly sins and just <laughs> tweaking them just like the littlest, you know, that's what I'm teaching my health kids. Sorry. Um, like <laughs> taking the sin of lust and making it still about lust, but just more about craving versus right was it fun just yeah. taking them and just tilting them i would almost say yes i like doing that um <laughs> because and then carnal knowledge is is like yeah because it it seems like it's gonna be about this and then you know like i said it you think it's oh it's gonna be about bloodlust you know because the serial killer and you know he's teasing her and this and that and then in the end, when it all comes out, when the truth of everything is exposed, it's like, a, it's just like it all comes together like a puzzle, you know, that falls into place, you know? Mm -hmm. And I love it when that happens, you know? And I don't go into it like knowing that that's going to happen. I, I, I wish I did, but I don't. I can't claim <laughs> that, but... <laughs> Just claim it. No one's, you know, I, I don't, I'm not one of those that, you know, sits down and I know exactly what's going to happen. I have no idea, but it did happen that well in that one. And, um, I love that. I didn't want it to just be about lust or just be about a guy being angry or like in, in greed. I don't just want it to be about somebody that wants to steal money from somebody else. I want it to be different, mm -hmm. you know? It, yeah. It I mean, you be can be, greedy in terms of like people's time or mm -hmm. you know you can like like gluttony we always think about that as food but yes. you can mm -hmm. overdo or over want and in in lots of different things so um it'll yeah. be you know it'll be interesting thematically to see what the undertones are and i feel like it'll be very intriguing and you'll be thinking without know you're thinking and then you're thinking different and then you don't know because there's so many twists and turns yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do for gluttony i honestly have no idea um but in um with with mine um it is about greed it is about somebody that wants to steal money from somebody but it's just so 
backwards and you know it starts out with um a woman stalking somebody you know and like the whole first quarter of the book is her chasing this guy that she married in vegas when they were drunk you know and you're like what's gonna happen here you know and then the whole thing changes and you know and then the whole thing changes again and you know in the end it, the whole story finally comes out so so if i don't sleep until four o'clock in the morning because i really need to finish mm -hmm. the book i can um i can send you uh, an inbox going love you but kind of dislike you because i'm tired yeah, now <laughs> it's probably gonna happen yeah <laughs> Probably happen right it's like you you get those books or you get those mm -hmm. stupid netflix series like the short series and mm -hmm. you just get stuck in them and then all of a sudden the sun's coming up well now it's winter time so the sun don't ever come up but have you ever held your eyes open like oh. you're so tired and they burn you're literally like i've done oh, that i did that with the court of thorn and roses i was like and my husband's like just go to bed i'm like I need to know. So yeah. unless you're over here holding my eyes open, shush. Can you read it to me, please? Yeah. So if people do want to read till 4 a.m. or with their eyes pried open, um, where can they find you and your books? Um, mine is on pre-order right now pretty much everywhere. And let me throw this out, too. There is a little pre-order deal going on if you do happen to pre-order it. If you go to my website, there's a page dedicated to this book. You can get a lot of little free goodies uh, if you pre-order. Like free, like a reading journal and wallpaper for your computer and your phone. And um, a coupon for Deadly Sins uh, uh, merchandise. Um, a huge discount, by the way. Um, stuff like that. Um, if you pre-order that stuff is on my website and um, all that stuff's on my website. We'll put Sorry, your website in the description of the podcast as well. So people <laughs> can just easily click that and find you and get the website and get the little screen wallpaper all that fun stuff and then get all the books and read until four o'clock in the morning because like yeah we have two weeks of october left here people so um i think if you're gonna divulge into this this is the time to do it right yeah and yeah i have plenty of other books that you can read while you're waiting is break my bones and let me tell you my boss got break my bones and i think this is funny i love him when this happens and i'm sure you guys will would understand um because it's about domestic violence you know she re started reading it and she got so mad she got so angry like in the first chapter she got angry she was texting me she said she was reading it in the bathroom and she was texting me she was like i am so mad <laughs> she wasn't mad enough that she couldn't read it she wanted to know what happened but she, the book the book made her angry yeah. And I'm like, that's great. <laughs> I've made my aunt cry a few times. She's like, yes. I had a little problem with that this. You part. bring out emotions of anger and hate and tears and yeah, oh, yeah. You bring feelings out in people, you know. I got mad um, one time and threw a book. Bones, carnal knowledge, clear across the room. 
-hmm. I was so mad at the book. I was like yelling at the character. I was like, don't do it. Don't say it. Don't say it. And then they said it. And I was like. Across the first. <laughs> so of mad. course you did. I was so mad. I was Lord of the Rings. I was so mad. I was like, Pippin, don't you do it. Don't you do it. And then he did it. And then I hopped it. And my sister's like, what's happening? I was like, yeah. I'm just I'm just really mad right now. Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty big book to throw, too. <laughs> yeah. It is. Like, did it make a hurt She's my all? older sister. She's tough. It's fine. She took it. She took it. <laughs> well, on that note, um, <laughs> it was just absolutely, absolutely wonderful having you. We got to talk about some creepy, good stuff, good discussion. We learned about lust and greed and anger and all the all the wonder uh, perception and feelings and and also we we went a lot of places tonight. We sure so, did. So uh, thank you so much for for joining us. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. We had an absolute blast. Just before we go, we would like to send a big uh, shout out to our show sponsors. So thank you to the Authors Library Network and to Creative Edge Publicity with Mickey Mickelson. And of course, to all our viewers and all our listeners, thank you very, very much for tuning in. Bye. 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 <laughs>